Welcome to Catechesis, also known as Cats and Jesus. Catechesis is Greek for teaching, and that's what our hosts, Reverend James Goodlett and Reverend Adam Roberts, will do with this podcast, Teach. Each week, they will study, discuss, and dissect the week's scripture and spoken word. Catechesis is a digital outreach of First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. Welcome your hosts, James and Adam. Welcome to Catechesis, a production of Lewis and Broad Media. My name is James Goodlett, one of the pastors here at First Presbyterian Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Privileged, honored to have our guest commentator or our my my co-host, my co. Yeah, I'm more like somebody who moved in and you can't get rent out of them and you also can't get them to leave. <laughs> Fair enough. Adam Roberts, chaplain <laughs> LaGrange College. That's right. Wearing also, his Atlanta Braves hat. I broke out my best, priciest new era 5950. Jackie Robinson edition. I Braves hope that hat. new era 5950 hat, along with this liquid death sparkling water <laughs> that you are drinking i did walk into first prez and pop a liquid death because it just it felt right for those of you but who don't know what sparkling death <laughs> is i didn't either until about five minutes ago it is a sparkling water that looks like he's drinking a tall boy a combo of probably a beer and an energy drink or something is what it looks like something that would kill you it's well you gotta death. have that energy because it's, it might be a long day i mean i hope the braves pull it out today <sighs> Trying obviously to game two they yeah. gotta win it but also, uh, it's rainy outside right now. Yes. First time in what feels like months that we've had rain. This and might might prolong your day at the ballpark it, today. I feel like we're going to have a rain level that does not cause a rain delay, but does cause misery for everyone on the field, in the stands, and otherwise until it is over. Well, I hope <laughs> the Phillies are the ones who are yes. miserable. I'm sure we have an audience member or two who are – who might be a Philly fan. Probably bet, oh, not, if we're shame, being realistic. Shame, shame. But yeah. at any rate, if you'd like to hear other podcasts of oh, ours. I mean, we're big in Philadelphia. That's what I mean. I heard that. We're huge. <laughs> huge. People making pilgrimages to LaGrange, Georgia to see mm. Lewis and Broad Studios. At any rate, if you'd like to hear other podcasts of ours, please do go to lewisandbroad.org, including... The one that started it all, the Lewis and Broad podcast, currently in season four. We have dropped a couple of episodes thus far, and we've got another one coming up next week. Adam, I think you might be in studio for that. I've heard a rumor that I will get to be there for the kickoff. I'm very excited. I'm going to put the ball on the tee. That's going to be my role. Well, not to disappoint <laughs> or deflate you, but it'll to actually be the sports third metaphors. episode. But oh, no, the third you. episode. Obviously, I'm keeping it listening. Oh, I mean, the first two were riveting. I enjoyed them. They, come on now. <laughs> I know they will be riveting, and I'm glad. It yeah. is. We had a, a teaser episode, and then we had our first interview with the Troop County Parks and Rec Department. Hey, Leighton Parker, come on, Mike, for a second. What, what do we got coming up next week on the Lewis and Broad podcast? The Art Museum. What are they going to be talking to us about? All the programs that they offer. For whom? Children. That's because I don't know what he's going for, but what is our clearly theme? the theme oh. is children. That's right. So it's going to be a good episode. Look forward to uh, having 
the art, is it art museum here in the house? I, I clearly have some studying and catching up to do before I attempt to go. Your homework between now and then is to pay a visit to the LaGrange Art Museum. I have been there. And to become quite the expert on all the children's programming. And the first two episodes. And the first two episodes. You need to listen to it. It will not take too much of your time. Uh, No, not at all. And I promise our audience that they are really good. I do believe that. So please listen. Social media and website at Lewis and Broad. Hope you will... Interact with us there. Let's get into our scripture for the week. It is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, we are leaping all around scripture these last few weeks we have because we are in the midst of generosity season here at First Pres. LaGrange, generosity is the word we like to use instead of stewardship. Not to say that stewardship is a bad word. It's just a very churchy one. It's highly specialized. It is. And we'd like to think of it in terms of generosity, being generous not only with the financial gifts that we have been given, but all the gifts we have been given, including our spiritual gifts, which is the subject matter for First yes, Corinthians sir. chapter 12. Now, let's talk, Adam, a little bit about the context behind mm. the story. What is going on in Corinth? Tell us all about your vast, <laughs> vast knowledge about the ancient city of Corinth. Vast knowledge of Corinth. I remember primarily that if you look at where ancient Corinth and Corinth today is located, you're on the, man, I never thought I would try to say this word on a podcast, isthmus. You're on an isthmus. <laughs> if only Wordle weren't just five letters, that would be a great it word. It would, it would. And, uh, and so what that means is lots of shipping going through there, lots of cargo passing through, lots of goods, sometimes even being traveled overland from one uh, shore to the other. Uh, Corinth being in the city of that, in the center of that super international city, um, very Greek, ancient Greek in its culture and context and religion, uh, and language, but also part of the Roman Empire, a major city. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the population might have been by the time of the writing of 1 Corinthians, but we know it was well in excess of 100,000, um, which would have been a very significant city at that, at that time. So anything you could have wanted to obtain in the Roman Empire could be had in Corinth if you had the means. And by anything, you mean anything. Anything. That would include people. That's right. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, we know slavery was a, a rampant institution in the ancient world and, and just, a, just a different sort of place than we can envision. What we can envision is the energy and hustle of a big city, a diverse city. Um, and I think for devout Jews of the ancient world, pr- a pretty bad place, pretty sinful, pretty sinful. Now... What does that mean for the early church? What is going on with the early church in that time? Because this is this is why Paul writes the Corinthians. Yeah, well, I'm thinking, you know, the worst thing you can do in the Old Testament often, and this is how kings are evaluated all the way through the histories, is to worship a God other than the God whose name we're not even supposed to say, Yahweh, but that we translate Jehovah, our God. So to, to allow yourself to be infected by, moved by, 
foreign gods, foreign religions, foreign practices, sacrifices, all these things, um, really among the worst sorts of offenses, um, to the violation of that deep identity as descendants of Abraham, children of God. And so that leads to the core struggle of early Christianity, which is what do we do with these Greeks who say they want to believe in Jesus too? So we're Jews who believe in Jesus, but then here are these other people, and are they going to be as good as us? Do they need to prove they could be as good as us? Do they keep kosher? Uh, on and on and on. Not to mention the fact that they were also divided in terms of who was to lead them. You see it from the very beginning uh, in the first chapter, do not worship this person, do not worship this, that yes. person, do not. And so really what Paul is doing is he writes a get yourself in line kind of letter. Yes. This is what it must look like to be the people of Jesus Christ. In the midst of that highly metropolitan, highly cosmopolitan city of Corinth, this is somewhat of an edict. Yes. I'm from lo- the I'm, leader of the early church. I'm, I'm loving what you pointed out there. I just went and read those verses, t- verse 12 in chapter 1. Some say, I belong to Paul. Some say, well, I belong to Apollo. Some say, I belong to Cephas or Kepha, that's Peter. Uh, some say, I belong to Christ. <laughs> and then, you know, he says, Paul, Paul Which one got it right? Yeah, Paul wasn't crucified for you. Uh, you weren't baptized in Paul's name. So... Yeah, there it is from the from the get go. So he is basically writing folks to direct them on how to be the church and to get their acts together, literally, get in line, unite, don't be so divided. This is what it looks like. And I'm glad you said what you did. We're in First Corinthians twelve this week. We're gonna take a look at the first twelve verses and worship on Sunday. But I'm glad you said what you did about its being a, a city of empire and, and, and all that that entailed. Uh, it starts off, chapter 12 starts off with concerning spiritual gifts, which tells me when he, when he says it the way he does, now concerning spiritual gifts. In other words, there must have been conversation about yes. what was and what's not. Here we not. go. Here's what we need to get yeah. into. It almost feels like that is what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard you talk about this, so let me just cover this real quick for Mm y'all. Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant. I love Howie (laughs) also. Ignorant. (laughs) Paul doesn't ever condescend, does he? (laughs) You know that when you were Gentiles, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What's interesting about that is any time in the context of empire that anyone other than, let's say, Caesar or the Roman Empire or anything was decreed to be Lord was actually quite a risky statement to make. So Paul is not only putting his neck on the line, but he's also asking this early church to do the very same thing. So there are political ramifications to the work of Paul and to the work 
of the early church. And I'm not going to necessarily go down the rabbit hole, rabbit hole of politics and church, church and state or anything like that. But I think it's pretty clear, and, and this is not the only place where you see politics and faith and theology mingle, but there were political statements that the early church was forced to make and to reckon with. And it was incredibly hostile territory for them. Dangerous. I mean, uh, really life and death. Uh, We are quickly getting into the territory of organized persecution of Christians who are already a, a vulnerable, tiny, misunderstood sect in a place like Corinth. Um, yeah, and so it makes me think of Jesus when asked, what should we do about taxes to the emperor? And he says, well, whose head is on this coin? Caesar. And then I always picture Jesus flipping that coin with his thumb, ching, right? Give Caesar what's Caesar's, but give God what is God's. And uh, I think this chapter is, is in alignment with that somewhat, the spiritual uh, gifts. I've always imagined, that's funny that you bring that scripture up, this was we did not di- discuss this in pre-production, but I've always thought Jesus was being con- kind of sarcastic there. I Absolutely, think. I think he's saying, "Oh, well, big deal! It's a coin. He can have a coin." Exactly, or yeah. you know, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Well, really and truly, nothing belongs to Caesar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So give him nothing. Anyways, that's a different scripture for a different <laughs> day. So highly volatile situation for the early church and in the midst of that volatility it's all the more important that the church isn't divided that they are on the same page which is what paul goes to such great lengths to accomplish and he acknowledges that diversity and even the potential division in the next few verses when he starts talking about the variety of gifts, spiritual gifts. And so we talked a little bit about this in pre-pro, Adam, but your take on on these verses regarding, what, and even really beyond, we're only covering the first 12, but even beyond, what is Paul doing here? Yeah, I would say all of chapter 12 and chapter 13 uh, certainly hang together and really need to be read and understood together fully whenever you have the opportunity to do that and to read those completely because, number one, the chapter and verse designations come from us much later on uh, to help us find specific points in the letter, but uh, it would have flowed as one uh, line of thought. And so there's this idea that we are absolutely different, and that is intentional, and it's not a problem. It is a strength. Uh, it's it's not a it's not a bug in the program. It's the design of the program, right? Is that we are we are different, and then the metaphor that's picked up is the human body. Um, and I would even say you've got, and I, maybe this was hilarious in the ancient world. I, I don't think we reached the level of hilarity for our senses of humor, but this is to me. There's some great ancient Jewish rabbinical humor going on here. I can imagine. Uh, Paul or any good rabbi teaching this or telling a story or the way you might teach kids in a 
almost in a classroom, and he says, look, the foot can't say. I can imagine Paul throwing his foot up in the air, right, waving it around. This foot can't say to this eye. Maybe he holds his eye open. Because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body. And, and being a little silly with it. Uh, it is meant to be a little humorous to make a point, over the top to make a point, that uh, we all know we need a foot, and we all know we need an eye, and two of each would be great. And uh, I wouldn't want to choose between the two, right? And uh, and then, so in other words, there's honor for all parts. All parts are needed as a metaphor for um, diversity of spiritual gifts and this amazing verse in verse 13, which says we are one body baptized in one spirit, absolute counterpoint to that opening in chapter 1. Uh, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, again, that goes back to that context in Corinth we're talking about, all given one spirit to drink. Uh, similar vein, a little further in Galatians, it even says male, female, um, all one, uh, despite those seemingly obvious differences. So again, speaking to a church in which people were straying left and right to follow charismatic leaders or whoever it might have been, divided among themselves, didn't know how to be the church. And basically what Paul is saying here is, look, I know you all have your different ways, you have your different opinions, your different your different modes of being, but ultimately, let's reframe our thinking. Let's not vilify our differences, but let's honor them. Uh, and ultimately, those those differences, and I love how Paul here, he says it over and over and over again. There may be a variety of gifts, but it is the same Spirit. There are varieties of services, but it's the same Lord. Variety of activities, but it's the same God who activates them in, in, in each and every one for the common good. It all comes from the same Spirit. Verse 11, all these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots or gives to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. In other words, whatever it is you are good at, whatever it is you are strong at, whatever it is you see as that which sets you apart, honor that within yourself, but also honor that within other people. Goodness gracious, Adam Roberts, if that won't <laughs> preach in the contemporary, yeah. and I'm not talking about worship style, I'm talking about the current day church, and not just the church, but the current the day world. The, the culture, the world, post-COVID especially, which accelerated this lack of empathy. I read an article this morning that I shared with some colleagues uh, at the college uh, uh, from a, from the American Psychiatric Association, but it was, it was saying that... Um, <clears throat> There are good studies now showing a potential significant decrease in young adults in cognitive empathy, meaning the ability to imagine somebody else's experience. Associated with that, the need to even be empathetic. Why would I want to imagine somebody else's experience? With that, interestingly, an increase in narcissism that says my experience matters the most. It's really the only thing that matters. So that's where we need a message like this so much. And here we are in 2022, and this was written... Uh, yeah, Maybe at the turn of the first Human, century, humans don't change in some ways, do we? Not we yeah. have uh, 
where's the evolution? Where's the reformation? Yeah, that's the sin. That's the sin in the heart, man. Well, yeah. and that's the beauty of scripture, right? I mean, this was written a couple thousand years ago, yet it still speaks. Yeah. I mean, you could make a case that we live in modern day Corinth as, as a I culture. Think it is very similar, yes. Mm-hmm. And who is it that we follow? Who is it that the church follows? Is it a cult of personality? Uh, a specific pastor or a specific small group leader or a specific chaplain? Or is it where Paul is challenging us as the church? Is, is it really and truly Jesus? Is it even, are you, are you in, in, as you put it, in an era of narcissism, are we worshiping our own selves, our own self-identity, our own opinions, our own beliefs? Yeah, curation. Or, There's curation, right, uh, of everything for us and what we want to represent, what we think aligns with who we are. Yeah, and 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 are we using these these gifts we've been given for the common good? And as I said, it is generosity season. So the question that I I think Paul is really challenging us with is: to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's what he says. But within that is a question: how are you how are you using your manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Yes, I, I have a great spiritual gift stewardship. <laughs> Go on. Story. I'll make it short. So uh, many of us may have at one time or another heard Truett Cathy speak, the founder of Chick-fil-A. I heard him toward the end of his life several years ago now. Uh, but one thing he said in his talk, I'm sure he must have said this hundreds of times to different groups it stuck with me so much he said i believe people have different spiritual gifts and he said some people have the gift of care that is not what i have some people have the gift of compassion he's like i can be compassionate but that's not really he said i do have a spiritual gift it is making money <laughs> and he laughed and i I thought that was hilarious and he said yeah maybe i've been able to make money since i was eight years old and he told a story about how he decided to buy a flat of glass bottled coca-colas and run them out to a construction site physically run them he told what he paid for them, what he sold them for and how much money he was making every week he was out earning his dad within <laughs> within a few weeks <laughs> wow and then what what did he do he became a philanthropist you know so pretty fantastic so what is your gift? Can you name it? I, I, I think that Paul is in some ways exhorting and encouraging the congregation to claim whatever it is they have to say, well, maybe it's prophecy. Maybe it's discernment of spirits or, or, or interpretation of tongues or, or maybe it is leadership or maybe it's working behind the scenes or maybe it's music or maybe it's this, that, or the other, the, the point is, the body is not the same without you and without what you have to offer. That, that's well said. That's, that sounds like an ending point to me right there, my friend. I got nothing better than that. That's good. So we're going to end there <laughs> and let you get on up to Truett. Yes, we better. Truest, not Truett. Tru- Truett. <laughs> you said Truett, Kathy. <laughs> I bet you can. I wonder if you can buy Chick Fil A at Truist. I bet you can. Oh, there is absolutely Chick Fil A. Gotta be. Gotta be. So Truist is at Truist. Uh, Very possible. Yeah. Well, (laughs) hope it's a great game. Hope everybody who's listening is having a fantastic week. Check out our other podcasts, including the Loose and Broad podcast, which will be dropping here. 
in the next couple days. And remember to claim the gifts that you have, beloved. And always, as I say, remember who and whose you are. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us this week at Catechesis. Follow along on our social media and our websites at fpclagrange.org and lewisandbroad.org. Until next week.